everybody, and welcome to this week's podcast. Um, just me, no Barry, no Joe. They're both away on their holidays. And I initially wasn't going to do a podcast, and then I just kind of got the itch to do it. So you're here with me for however long. Um, <laughs> I honestly God, don't have nothing planned. Um, I did have some things planned initially. And... Um, I just ended up not doing any of them. Like, I really, like, ever since the last podcast, probably since the middle of last week, I I basically spent the week coming up with ideas of fun, at least for me. I don't, you know, as far as you listening to it, how much fun it would be, I don't really care. <laughs> but, like, things that would be fun for me to do, um, ideas for this kind of solo podcast that I was going to do. Um, and maybe one day I will do, but I was going to do a commentary track for 12 Angry Men which is my favourite film um, and it's a short film so I figured that would be handy enough to do I just sit down and do that and then I just never got time to do it um, like actually just recording a podcast on your on your own is, is like 100 times easier than it is doing it with Joe and Barry it's 100 times less enjoyable but um, I can just like stop doing it now, come back to it in half an hour. It's very easy to segment up the recording and edit it into one file. Whereas when we're all on the podcast, um, you basically obviously don't have that luxury. You just have to sit down and uh, the three of us get together, usually on a Sunday or a Monday for two hours, let's say. And you have to isolate that two-hour period to do it. Whereas when you're on your own, there's a lot more freedom in terms of actually recording stuff. And like I said, I did have the idea as well that I would just do like 15 minutes a day and then that would be easy to do as well. Um, but actually doing the doing a movie, watching a movie is again sitting down for two hours and I just there was no time for doing it. Even though I, I do really like the idea of talking about 12 Angry Men and I have lots to say about it and lots of, you know, things to gush over and just about how much I like it. And that would be great to, to stick on and talk about the different versions of it and all that. So maybe one day uh, I can do that. I was also going to do... What other plans did I have? Fuck. That was one. And that was one that I was really close to doing. Like this was, I want to say last Thursday... I was finishing up work and Natty usually works later than I do because she minds dogs. She has her own business where she does that, but she usually works till like six or seven in the evening. So I was thinking, great. So I can, um, excuse me. I just had a, a bottle of Pepsi before I started this. So I'm a little bit burpy, but I figured, okay, she's going to be working. As soon as I finish work, I'll sit down, put the movie on, and it'd be great. Like I, I was, I was giddy about watching Twelve Angry Men again because I just, I love, 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 love that movie. And then I don't remember what happened, but something came up where, what did I do? I don't remember. But there was something happened that I couldn't do it. We were minding um, dogs overnight as well, which we do. So maybe I was watching the dog or something. But that didn't happen anyway. 
Oh god, I've, I've forgotten all the other ideas I had. I had like three or four ideas that were real goers. I can only remember the 12 Angry Men one now. Well, what else was I going to do? 12 Angry Men. Huh. Or maybe I was going to do my Zelda podcast I've talked about for a while as well. My kind of list best to worst Zelda games. But I, I also don't want to do that because there's still like three of them that I haven't played. So I really want to be able to give a definitive list. And also, there's potentially a big percentage of the listeners uh, who don't care about Zelda, uh, which is definitely the case with uh, Barry and Joe, which is why I'm kind of reluctant to do it on the normal podcast and take up their time. <laughs> It'd be as if Barry would do a giant bomb cast list and me and Joe were just like, what? <laughs> so... That is definitely one thing, in addition to the time constraints, one thing that I'm always thinking of when we're doing the podcast is like, of course, will will people listening to this enjoy it? But also, like, is it something that'll get a conversation going with with Barry and with Joe? Will they care about what I'm saying? Which is why often when I talk about, like, um, Lost, for example, which is the TV show I'm watching at the moment, and is probably my favorite tv show of all time i know that they don't really care about it so when i when i'm reviewing season four i'm not talking about in depth why like why shape of things to come is like one of the greatest the tv episodes ever written and how meticulously stuff is set up um season by season like the really the clues dropped uh, throughout oh, come together so well but um, I don't go that into depth because in number one, if they ever decide they do want to watch it, I don't want to spoil it for them because that's obviously such a big component of Lost is the mystery. And also I know that the fact that they haven't seen it or maybe they have, I don't know, and they just don't care about it, which is fine. Um, What else was I going to do though? Oh my God. And what am I going to do here? <laughs> How far in am I already? Six minutes. Um, So what can we do? I don't have anything planned. I was, I just said, look, I was actually listening to another podcast that I subscribed to on Patreon. And this guy does mostly interviews with people, but then every now and then he'll do a solo show on his own. And I was just listening to his latest one. I was like, fuck, if if, if he can do it, then I can do it. Um, oh, and the reason why um, I didn't get to do anything over the weekend was, um, like I said, I really had planned to do something like I'm recording this now on Monday. The weekend the weekend has passed and there has been no podcast. Um but um initially the plan was that I would have the whole me and Matthew would have but would both have the whole weekend off. We were mining uh, an overnight dog that was gonna be going home Friday evening or Saturday morning. So as soon as that dog went, we would be free the rest of the weekend. And so I figured, okay, well, we can watch TV, hang out, do whatever we want to do. This was basically the first free weekend the two of us would have had together for, I don't know, maybe two months. Um, and so I really just wanted that we would have Saturday to do, like, whatever we felt like. Uh, and then Sunday, basically more of that. And then I I do the podcast at the end of the day. Um, oh, and even one idea that came up, of course, was that... Um, Scott McAvoy tweeted me that he could do the podcast with me, which would also 
which would work it definitely was was up there with the ideas that i had but um that goes back to the like scheduling time to do it um and because i kind of planned that weekend to just be a bit flaky and do like if we wanted to watch a movie we could just stick a movie on and not have you know anything um arranged or organized that would influence when and what we could do um that was kind of one that I was keeping in the back of my pocket, but I was a little bit reluctant to commit to even doing the podcast at eight <laughs> with or without a co-host. You know what I mean? Um, because I was kind of still in the mindset where I was like, look, if 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 it comes to a point where Natty wants to read a book or something, <laughs> that's the time that I can maybe for an hour record a bit of a podcast and then later on finish it off or whatever. But anyway, what ended up happening was that dog that we were minding, we had to mind an extra day because the owners were delayed for whatever reason. And so our weekend that we had planned to not plan anything during and just really enjoy ourselves, um, that then got moved and and compressed to just Sunday. And so that really got in my mind, like, oh, I don't want to do anything today. Because <laughs> um, Saturday, we were minding the dog and, you know, that, that means you have to walk the dog, you have to da, 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 da. And so it's not like it's it's an entire day commitment in the sense of, like, if I had to work an extra day at my job or something. But at the same time, when you have in your head, like, oh, today I'm going to do nothing, I'm just going to fucking put on Netflix, or I'm going to put on a DVD or whatever, or play Pokemon Snap or blah, 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 whatever you're going to do. Um, The feeling, once that, like... um freedom is stripped from you not only obviously do you then have to do things but also it kind of takes your enthusiasm away to actually then do anything once you have any free time so um so it did not happen on saturday obviously there was also football on um and i love football and i love football tournaments love the world cup love the euros um but like, even the days where there are two games, compared to, like, three when there were earlier in the competition, that's, like, four hours of your your day gone already. You're watching the football, which I, you know, I, I love watching the football. But in terms of your your idyllic sit-in-bed-all-day day, uh, that's kind of gone then as well. So everything got moved to Sunday. The football was on. The dog was here. <laughs> so... Um, the podcast for uh, the, for those reasons didn't happen, um, but uh, yeah. So here we are now, and we're gonna. I don't know how much time I'm gonna give you. I just want. I just wanted to give you something because uh, I I'm a man who subscribes to many a podcast, um, and I really really enjoy the podcasts that I do subscribe to, and when a week comes, uh, and I you know I'm expecting whatever podcast say say on a on a on a sunday um a podcast would come out and then sunday comes and passes and no podcast i'm like where, where, where's my podcast at even it's just a little a little side thing so hopefully you guys will be happy that there's something in your feed for you to listen to especially if you um listen to podcasts as you you know walk or work or do the hoovering or <laughs> whatever it's always nice to have a little bit of extra content, isn't it? Um, so what will we talk about? What will we talk about? Um, 
I don't know, maybe I can come up with some stories that I've maybe not told in the podcast before, and then we can get into, like, some semblance of, like, movie guff and video game guff. Uh, I can talk about some stuff that I've um, not necessarily been doing in the week, but if there's some something that comes to my head that we talk about, we'll talk about it. But, um, oh, uh, yeah, let's start with mu- music guff. This will be our first segment of this podcast. I did listen to a new album, which is a shame because... Obviously, Joe's not here. And what I've been doing lately is picking new releases based on if they sound like my name. But this one I picked because it sounds like Joe's name. And he's not here to hear me talk about it. Oh, well. I'll bring it up next podcast again anyway. I won't, I won't obviously review it like I'm going to do now, but I'll just mention it. Um, yeah, the, the album I listened to this week was called... Let me find it here. Da, 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 Town's Dead. By Kojak. Kojak is an Irish rapper, which, um, as you're walking through Dublin City, you'll sometimes come across uh, the kind of new generation of buskers, I suppose. Where, whereas you used to have um, kind of a, a scraggly bearded young 20 something playing Wonderwall on an acoustic. Nowadays, what you do see as you kind of walk through maybe the Temple Bar area, you'll get the odd rapper. So maybe I've seen this guy in town, I don't know. But <laughs> um, Kojak is the, is the name of the artist, Town's Dead. Um, initially, I was like, oh God, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to like this at all. Even when I was, as I started listening to like the first track, um, I was like, oh, Irish, Irish is not an accent especially your kind of North County Dublin, let's say. Uh, it's not an accent that lends itself well to the rhythmic American poetry. Um, however, here's the M. Night Shyamalan twist. Uh, by the time I listened to it, to the album, uh, Town's Dead, uh, I listened to it a few times. I actually did like quite like it. Um so although there's an Irish, there's obviously an, a weird Irish accent which, take, which takes a little while for your ear to attune itself to. Musically, it reminded me a bit of um, Frank Field, which Barry, he's a rapper that Barry got me on, which was one of the positive recommendations I've got from Barry music-wise. Not that Barry has a bad taste, but I was, just Barry's taste and mine are, are different. Um, but Frankfield uh, Underside was an EP that Barry recommended me, and I thought it was like fucking brilliant. I still listen to it to this day. Um, but this is the first that rap album I've listened to since then that kind of reminded me musically of that, because that that EP has um, a very weird musical approach. It's 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 a little bit um, more un- unconventional than what you'll hear on even um, that Polo G album I listened to the other week, Hall of Fame. It's like I, I like that, but it was it was a lot more like conventional rap that you'll see on the on TV or, or here on the radio. Um but this was a lot more um how would you even describe it really? I guess like unusual instrumentations and different rhythms and I don't know. Just different. Just so your ear catches and goes, Oh, that's a, a sound I not heard in a rap album before. Um so the way I would kind of describe Kojak to somebody who's never listened before, I would say it's kind of like um, 
well, people wouldn't have heard Frank Fields. So you can't necessarily use Frank Field as a good <laughs> point of reference. But um, I guess it would be like, there's a little bit of, I want to say like Eminem show, era Eminem. So if you took one of those songs, like maybe Say Goodbye to Hollywood, for instance, say you take that song and Conor McGregor raps it <laughs> instead of Eminem. That's kind of what you're getting here. But in a good way. It's, it's, it's not bad at all. Uh, what is the best track on the album? I always give you a best track. So if you want to check it out, you can. Um, what did I... I quite like the, the eponymous uh, album track or album title track, uh, Town's Dead. Um, that Deep was also a good one. Jinty, I might go Jinty Boy, bo- oh, fuck, easy for me to say. Jinty Boy Blues. That might be one that, if, you, if you're interested, check it out. Sex and Drugs, I think, is the biggest, is like the single off it. And Sex and Drugs is good, but I would probably go Jinty Boy Blues. Check that one out. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is, um, we're already like, what, five albums in now to my weekly, like, new album streak that I'm doing. We had Universe Order Kojak, Griff, Polo G, Wolf Alice, and um, Black Midi. And I think I, I've pretty much enjoyed all of them. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much five for five. One that I've gone back to a lot was, was that Griff mixtape. Uh, I'm still listening to that. Whereas, even though I really liked Wolf Alice, and I did also like Polo G, um, once that week is over where I've listened to them, I'm I'm not often going back to them. But that Griff EP, I really like. That might be my favorite of the um, of the five. Um, and that's not something that I thought. Even on my first listen, I was like, yeah, it's good, but it's just kind of a little pop, little un- <laughs> uh, unmemorable kind of good pop, but not really standing out. And then just the more I listen to it, the more I like it. So that's uh, One Foot in Front of the Other by Griff. So definitely check that one out. I'm looking now at what else there is here uh, for me to do after Town's Dead. Unfortunately, none of them sound like any of our names, so it'll just have to be... Uh, I'm not fucking listening to Ed Sheeran. That's not happening. Anyway, I'll decide that later. I'm not going to do that now. But anyway, that were that was a real good album. So check that out if you're anyway hip hop aligned, <laughs> which I'm usually not to be honest. But I thought that was pretty good. Um, what else will we do? What else will we do? I don't think I've actually watched any movies the last week. Uh, one thing that I did get, though, I haven't used it yet, is because I'm signed up to uh, letterboxd.com, I got an email uh, that was giving me a 90-day free trial to movie.com, which is a, a movie streaming service um, that I believe, although it has kind of your, so some of your typical <laughs> your typical movies you see on on your Netflix and all that. I think it's a little bit more hoity-toity. It's a little bit more all French classics. <laughs> you know? Um, and I obviously like the others. I think it does have some exclusive movies on there. I'm looking at a looking at their Wikipedia page here to see if there's anything on here that I've heard of. I see First Cow is there. I think Joe watched First Cow recently. I don't know why that is sticking in my mind. I think Joe might have watched that. 
Uh, I'm not recognizing anything else here. Uh, there's no Fast and Furious 8 on it for some reason. Ah, Under the Silver Lake is on. There you go. Uh, unfortunately, I already have that one on Blu-ray. Uh, but let's talk about Under the Silver Lake a little bit, because it's probably a film that a lot of people have not seen. And it's also a film that was pretty divisive uh, when it came out. Uh, I think Mark Kermode, who's a... British film critic whose opinion I pretty much respect quite. I, I find what he likes um, generally vibes with what I think about films, although he definitely has a bit of a British bias, which isn't bad. That's just his his voice. Um, but uh, I think he... Uh, listed it as one of his worst <laughs> movies of the year when it came out in uh, 2018, 2019. Um, if it wasn't his worst, I think it might have been his second worst because he he does, Kermode does these uh, annual like top 10 lists on his uh, Kermode on Film podcast. He's like, at the end of the year, he does his top 10 best films and top 10 worst films. I, th- I think it might have been second to the top on the uh, on the worst list, but what got me checking it out was that it was directed by David Robert Mitchell, uh, the same director and writer as It Follows, which was a critically acclaimed um, horror film from twenty fourteen, which I think we mentioned just the other week on the podcast, um, and actually I think is the last um, film score that I bought. Um, prior to like finally signing up to Spotify and becoming one of one of the streaming people, uh, disaster piece did the score for it follows. I thought it follows like a fucking great kind of nineteen seventy Halloween kind of score to it. It was really really good. But uh, yeah, it follows. Fucking great film. The last 20 minutes or so, not so good. But um, I thought you thought this was like a fucking great um, concept for a horror film. Very simple, but very effective. Um, Very spooky. Very uh, intense. Even though the ending is not super satisfying. The rest of the film is just fucking brilliant. But... um, I think I like Under the Silver Lake even more than it follows. Um, it's definitely more <laughs> complex. I mean, in a, in a way, this is going to sound very silly coming from me because this is a, a well-worn point made on the podcast. Like, when you talk about uh, movies' uh, scope, like, it follows, I think, generally is is quite a condensed movie, even though it take, like physically takes place... Uh, in different locations. I think you've got like a very small cast of characters. Um, the idea of the the monster or whatever you want to call it that is like all the time walking towards them kind of gives a feeling of claustrophobia to it as well. So I would consider It Follows like this kind of closed-in feeling film. A um, little bit like an Indonesian film that you might have heard of where blokes do like kung fu at each other in in a very violent way in a in a, a tower block called the raid, 
Under the Silver Lake is a much more expansive film. Um, it's kind of like a, it's not necessarily like a road trip movie, but it has that kind of feel to it. It is, um, uh, takes place all across Hollywood, which kind of make, as I said, expansive, definitely has that feel to it. A little bit like a sequel to a movie from Indonesia called The Raid Part 2. Uh, I don't remember what the subtitle for Raid Part 2 was. It was like Bend and All or something. Scrubbed uh, that movie from the old brain as much as I could. Um, but in this case, I prefer the big, expensive movie, whereas obviously with the raid, I like the way the first raid works and didn't at all like the way the second one worked. Um, good cast, Andrew Garfield, who you don't see him much these days. What did he, he didn't get caught being a diddler or something, did he? He's all right, surely Andrew Garfield, didn't he? Um, yeah, he's, surely he's okay. Um, yeah, this is one of the last movies he made. Um, he made a film called Mainstream in 2020, which I've never heard of. And he's got two coming out this year. The Eyes of Tammy Faye and Tick, Tick, Boom. Which, all right, fair enough. But like Under Silver Lake is, for all intents and purposes, the last, the last film, at least, that I'm aware of that he made. Um, and it's definitely the last film made by the director, David Robert Mitchell. It seems to, unfortunately, for all intents and purposes, have killed off his career. Um, I don't know that Under the Silver Lake was very successful. What budget did it have? Because his box office is very, very meager, even though it was kind of a, an indie movie for all intents and purposes. Let me just look up Under the Silver Lake and see what the budget was. If you've got a box office... Mojo. Actually, does Box Office Mojo have the budget on it? I actually don't know if it does. Um. Oh my god, it's fucking pathetic. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Under the Silver Lake, domestic gross, $46,000. Oh my god, that is drift in the ocean. Um, let me find the budget for this movie, though. Budget under the... Silver Lake. Um, under Silver Lake, eight million dollars. So yeah, its worldwide gross was was just over two million. So it was definitely a uh, a financial bomb ski, which is very unfortunate. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's basically Andrew Garfield um, plays this kind of slimy slob i guess who gets caught up in in a a web of conspiracy and hidden messages and he's um he meets this girl who who goes missing and then he's kind of working his way through the the hollywood uh scene to try and you know follow the clues and find out what happened um i thought it was just fucking great i thought it was really really brilliant um it's definitely very weird um, and a little bit like Lost, if you expect the ending to uh, completely make sense, you might be a bit disappointed. <laughs> but I don't know, I really, really kind of got on with Under the Silver Lake, and I definitely recommend it to people. And as far as the, um, you know, pitiful amount of money it made, I do own a Blu-ray copy, so I've at least, in a very roundabout way, I feel like I've contributed to uh, David Robert Mitchell maybe one day being allowed to make another <laughs> 
Like, surely It Follows did much better than that, didn't it? It Follows budget, 1.3 mil, box office 23 million. Okay, so it still wasn't massively, like, massively successful. I mean, relatively speaking, it was, based on its budget. But, like, 23 mil, for what I would say, was kind of a, a, a big mainstream horror. is not huge. Especially in the pre-COVID days. Um, But Under the Silver Lake, a lot of its money was international. 46,000 domestic. Fucking hell. I don't remember the last time I saw a movie with that small a number. Um, but yeah, check that out. If, you, if it's on Mubi, I don't know if anyone listening to this will have Mubi. But if you have Letterboxd, check your email. See if you have a free Mubi's uh, 90 day trial. And if you do, maybe check out Under the Silver Lake. Because I thought it was. I thought it was really good. In fact, that's a film that I need to watch again. That is a film I need to watch again. Who else is in it? Topher Grace is in it. He was your man from 70s show. Which is a fucking good sitcom. Uh, Riley Kyo. Is there anyone else in this I recognize? Ooh, maybe not. Maybe that's about it. Oh, Patrick Fischler from, uh, from Twin Peaks is in it. And various David Lynch films, of course. But uh, no, that's a good film. That's a good fucking film. It's a shame that you have a director as obviously talented as David Robert Mitchell who makes like It Follows, which is really critically acclaimed, and then makes one film, one like really almost surreal indie, like neo-noir, <laughs> very, very niche film. And that's like, right, that's you done, Mitchell. Back to Tesco or wherever you work. Ah, it's a shame, and it's like, that's why every movie that comes out these days is fucking Avengers Part 22. Anytime a risk is taken, uh, it ends careers. That's the biggest shame of them all. Um, But no, I have not watched any films this last week. The last film I watched was still F9, with little Vin Diesel's head in it. Um, what else do I have lined up here to chat about? Oh, so speaking of cars, right? Vin Diesel, here's a little story for you that you might not know. So I've been in two car accidents in the old life. Um, the first one when I was in, I want to say fourth class. So let, let me just before, God, it's going to take fucking an hour to explain. Um, so the way schools work <laughs> in Ireland, what a way to start fucking a sentence. Okay, so the way schools work globally is mad and should be standardized. That's my first point, okay? Because especially if you're an English speaker and then watching a television show, whether you're watching something from the US or the UK, Ireland, wherever, and they're like, I'm in the ninth form. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? I don't know. I don't have a point of reference for what that means. So the way it works in Ireland, very simply, right, is that school, the school life, the pre-university or pre-college school system is basically split in half. Um, You have primary school or elementary, as it might be called in the US, and then you have secondary school, or high school. Um, and then within that, those are themselves split in half. 
Um, so when you're like start going to school, like five, I think five is probably the, the average age kids start going to school, maybe four or five, depending on when their birthday is. You start in in junior infants. Okay, that's that's your your base level. We're not including uh, kindergarten or play school or Montessori or whatever you want to call it. We're not including them. They don't count. That's not fucking school. Let's go on and fucking reading, playing toys for an hour. No, we're in school, right? ABCs, one, two, threes and all that. Uh, one and one is two, by the way, in case you weren't aware of that one. Um, so you go to junior school. Junior, fuck, junior infants. Sorry. Junior infants is the name of your, like, first year of school, right? That is the name of that that year. Then you have senior infants. And then you have first class, confusingly, right? Your, your, your third year of school is first class. And then that goes uh, all the way up to sixth class. So when you're in sixth class, that's your last year of um, primary school. And you're usually like 11 or 12 at that stage, okay? Um, and I guess primary schools are maybe not always segmented, but school that I went to, um, it was kind of like junior infants to second class. Those four years were like one part of the school. And then third class to sixth class was like a different part of the school. You wore like different uniforms. Um, I don't know why they'd bother to do that because like the schools are like immediately next to each other. <laughs> it's, they might even be, are they even connected? They might actually be like the one building. So I don't know what the sense is in having them separated, but you know, whatever. Um, then once you finish the old sixth class, you go to secondary school, which is a different school, obviously. Um, there's no middle school. There's only these two. That's all there is. Um, you go to your secondary school and you are now in first year, which again, confusingly, this is now your, uh, ninth year of education. (laughs) I'm in first year. Um, and then your first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth year again. Now here's the asterisk to this, right? Fourth year, uh, also referred to as transition year is like optional in Ireland. Now, I don't think I've ever heard of an equivalent to this in the UK or the US. Maybe there is, I don't know. I've never heard of it. But um, first, second, third year is the junior certificate cycle or the junior cert. And that's kind of your, God, what would the equivalent even be in the US or the UK? Well, UK would be like GCSEs and a levels like it's like your end of school um exams right there's there's two main ones in ireland you have your junior cert at the end of third year and you have your leaving cert at the end of sixth year um but after you do the junior cert there is this transition year this fourth year which as i said is optional so what some people do is they skip fourth year and they go straight to fifth year uh and then there's some people like myself that do this transition year and a lot of people view it as just like a fucking his take year, a year where you do basically nothing, um, which is why a lot of parents don't usually uh, promote their kids doing transition year because they just see it as a waste of time. But um, rather than being so um, academically intense as the school year tends to be, transition year you do a lot more other subjects that you wouldn't necessarily 
learn in the other years. So you might do some in the agriculture or you might do some, uh, I don't know, music or like we did um, uh, a full like play or, or stage version of Little Shop of Horrors when I was in fourth year, which is one of like my favorite memories of the school. So like I'm, I'm definitely very happy I did fourth year because you do a lot of these extra activities that you wouldn't do otherwise. And then you do your fifth and sixth year, you do the leaving cert or A-levels or whatever you want to call it, and then you go off to university and da-da-da. So anyway, all the way, let's take it back, all the way back. So I was in school, the first time I, I was hit by a car, I was in uh, fourth class, okay? So remember, if you've been taking your notes, that is when you're about 10 years old in, sorry, I just hit my mic, I don't know if you heard that, 10 years old in primary school and I was part of a group that used to do um like musicals right like perform musicals after school so what would basically happen is when I was in third class first of all we got this teacher I want to say her name was Mrs. Murphy but it might well not have been that I don't remember what her name was I think it was Miss Murphy but maybe it wasn't and um in third class I wrote or co-wrote, let's say, the play that was performed that year. So we did one in third class. And then fourth class, I think I had a different teacher, but this same teacher did the project again, but it was like an hour after school every day. Or was it that it, maybe it wasn't, maybe it's the same teacher. Oh God, I don't remember so long ago. I'm fucking old now, I don't remember this shit. Anyway, so what, what was happening was I was in school, and then some days I would stay back and we'd work on this um, play, which had like songs in it. And the teacher would like play the piano and there'd be songs and we, we wrote the script and everything. And so I'd stay back sometimes and work on that. And the funny thing was the, 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 when I was in third class and I co-wrote it, like literally co-wrote the script for it. Uh, I didn't actually like act in it. I don't know what I was doing because we performed the, like, not in the school, but in a hotel close to the school. I don't know how that was organized. But anyway, we had this big, big... I remember being in the big room in the hotel. Um, but I was just, like, stage manager, I think. I don't have any memory of, like, actually doing anything there. I just remember sitting on the side while the play was being performed and just thinking, like, oh, I wrote this. Why am I not in it? But anyway, the following year, I was... Uh, in the play, right? I, I, I again co-wrote it. Didn't write any of the music, obviously, but like wrote the script. And I was one of the characters. Don't remember the name. Don't remember what this play was about. I remember one of the songs was called like Friends Forever, which is just the fucking worst. But, um, and I remember in the third class one, one of the characters, which is played by a girl who used to live just up the road from me, who I was like good friends with. She had like a motorbike in it. So like, I, I wrote the scripts. I'm not saying they're good scripts, okay? <laughs> but this ten-year-old girl had a motorbike. <laughs> God. Anyway, so it was coming up to the first night of the play, right? Which I've written, which I'm going to be in. I'm in the fucking play. I'm the star, star of the show. I'm, I'm. I'm fucking Cody Rhodes and giving myself the 10 minute entrance and booking myself to go over in the main. Um, but on this day, my parents were both 
working. Okay. So what used to happen is my dad worked like full time. My mom would not work every day. I think she was like part time and usually would finish at more or less the same time as we would finish school. So sometimes we would come out and she would be able to pick us up and drive us home. Um, and then other days, if she wasn't, uh, I had a key and we would just go home, let ourselves in. And she, like we weren't like latchkey kids necessarily, but she would be like five minutes later in the door, you know. Um, and what I would do is when I would get out of school at the normal time, I would pick up my brother on the way, who's like three years younger than me. So if I was Ted at the time, he was like seven. And I would um, pick him up and then we'd walk home together. But because I got delayed on this day, um, I wasn't like, no, it's, this wasn't after school. This must have been, I was only like maybe 10 minutes. So maybe there was like a very quick meeting or something. I don't remember. But um, I came out of school and I remember thinking, because I don't know, like I was a kid. This, again, don't judge my judgment here. <laughs> okay. I was a stupid kid. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. But I came out of school 10 minutes late and I remember looking over the road to where my mother used to, uh, would park if she was there. And I remember thinking, seeing the car was not there and thinking, oh, she must have picked up my brother and left without me because I'm late, as if that would happen, as if my mother would just be like, well, Paul didn't make the call time, so fuck him, we're going home. Um, So I was, like, fucking enraged. I was like, which, you know, if you know my personality these days, you know that I'm a very calm man who is not prone to to anger. Um, But I was like, oh, they went home without me. I'm going to be so... I'm going to kick the door in and be like, where are you? Pick me up. So I start storming home, right? Um, forgetting that the whole sometimes my mother don't be on time deal, forgetting to pick my brother up from school. So forgetting all this. And um, God, I, like I, I didn't live that far away from school, maybe 20 minutes. No, not even 20 minutes walk. What am I talking about? 10 minutes, let's say. 10 minutes walk from school. So let's say seven minutes, eight minutes into the walk. So I'm, I'm two minutes from home. It suddenly clicks to me, the mistake that I've made. And I'm like, oh, no, no, I forgot me, left me little seven-year-old brother at school. And so I'm suddenly running back to get him. So I run up to, I run up the road to where the crossing was for the school. And just by coincidence... The place where he would come, like, there's multiple entrances to the school. It wasn't like Springfield Elementary, where there's one big doors that they run out. This school had a variety of, like, side entrances that kids would just come out. So uh, I remember at, at the traffic lights where usually we would go in, I could see him sitting there um, across the road, sitting, like, by the school. And I just remember thinking just like oh my god I've left him there da, 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 da. and because of the kind of shock I suppose of the situation I all that was on my mind was like get to him as quick as possible get to him as quick as possible make sure he's okay and so little old Paul didn't follow the old crossing code and press the light and wait for the green man I just went fuck out we go into the into the traffic and uh yeah, next thing I remember was waking up in the... Luckily, there's a fuck, like a doctor's office or a GP, let's say, a general practitioner, like 
30 seconds walk from the school. It was like literally across the road. And I remember waking up in there and not really understanding what was going on. And the doctor was like, oh, just sit down, sit down. Because I was, I, was, I was lying down on, on a, the table where they might usually like have you sit and check it. And I remember my, I don't know how much time passed, but I remember then my parents coming in and my mom just having this like look on her face of like worry, obviously. And I remember just saying like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And that's all I could really say because I didn't really fully understand the situation that was happening. And that's like still an image I can remember very vividly. My, I don't really remember my dad being there, but he probably was. But I remember my mom coming in specifically. I remember the look on her face and that's still an image that like, doesn't haunt me or anything. But um, if I'm a little bit too giddy or <laughs> I'm a little bit too silly, that's like an image that can really just like chill me chill the old bones, you know, and get me really like back to reality. Um, and funny enough, oh, I'm actually in the microphone again. Sorry about that. Um, new broken bones. I've never broken a bone in my life. I'm still, knock on wood, the, the prime age of 32, I've never had a broken bone. Um, and, uh, yeah, apparently I was hit by a van and I went kind of ass over tea kettle to use an Alvarez quote. And, uh, but no, I was actually, I was fine. I, they took me to hospital in an ambulance, spent the night there and just went home. The next day I was absolutely fine. My legs were like a little bit sore, I suppose. But I, as I said, no breaks or anything. And, um, the worst part of the story was, <laughs> the worst part of the story where I was hit by a car and fucking made my parents worry to near insanity and, uh, that I've had to deal with that guilt for the longest time. The worst part of the story was I wasn't able to act in the fucking play for the first two nights, and it was only three nights. And in the third one, I was, I was like convinced that I was going to do. It. I'm like, fuck it, I'm I'm acting. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I'm doing the Terry Funk comeback. I came in, bandage on my eye, flaming brand, stuck into another kid's face. Get out of here! I'm acting. <laughs> and um. I did it. I did it. The, I think the, I think there were only three nights and I didn't do it the first two because I was, um, I wasn't clear to compete. But then the third night I did do it. But I remember, I remember being, doing it on the third night and my legs were sore. I just like sitting down, do it, like doing my acting, sitting down in the middle of the floor, basically. Um, and someone from the local newspaper was asking me stuff. I don't remember what they're asking me. I don't know. What do you want? Um, so that's the first time I was hit by a car, uh, which is a far more interesting and exciting story than the second time. Um, but the second time I was, so the first time I was like 10, second time I would have been like 19, 20, I want to say. So I hadn't quite start, started doing the podcast yet. This is maybe the year before we started doing the podcast. So this would have been like 2009. Um, and I used to go to... Uh, first of all, I lived about an hour north of where I, I'm currently sitting talking to you. And we, um, I used to get the, I used to cycle an hour. This is how remote I was. I used to cycle an hour to then get a bus for an hour. Maybe then cycle an hour. Let's say cycle half an hour to get the, a coach that would take me directly to university, which itself took about an hour. So I had an hour and a half commute. So what I do is I would cycle the half hour up to where the bus stop was. Um, cause the coach didn't pass by where I was living. 
And what I would do is I would put the bike underneath in the, whatever you call it, the cargo hold of the uh, coach. Go into college, get off, get on the bike again, cycle, let's say, 10 minutes to the college, and then lock my bike up and do the same on the way back. Thing was, I didn't actually have a bike. This was my mother's bike. Uh, Luckily, it was like a unisex bicycle. I wasn't, you know, like Bart on the pink bike with the tassels. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so what, what used to happen was when I would cycle back, obviously I cycle on the road, more or less, right? Because um, I, I still to this day get irrationally angry at people who cycle on like the, the path, the sidewalk, because that's for people, that's for walking, that ain't for none of your fancy walking, or on bikes. Um, and so what I would do is I, as I said, would cycle up and down that road. It was just a big, long, straight road, pretty much. But it was there were residential areas and entrances along the way. Uh, which I so I was I I was always aware of those, um. But what I missed on this one day was as I would just pretty much start cycling, there was a Centra or like the equivalent of let's say a Seven Eleven, right? Um, and then there was like a little car park area. Uh, to the side of that, and then there was like a little hidden entrance, on the far side of that where the cars would come out of the um, car park. And that entrance was just hidden a little bit. There used to be like a big um, bush almost or a hedge uh, along that. And then you had the little entrance. So I was cycling that way and a car just pulled out of the hidden entrance. And I just kind of it took the bike from underneath me and I just kind of landed on the, what do you call it? The front part of the car. <laughs> the um, bonnet and like I was fine um, unfortunately the old bike which remember which was not mine um, was suddenly in no condition to perform and so I had to kind of walk it the entire half hour cycle back so that probably did take me about an hour and um, and then my mom was like what happened to the bike <laughs> the bike is all destroyed and I was like um Oh, I don't know. Maybe when I put it in the cargo hold, something, someone put something on top of it or something. It got all, come on, it was fucking total. Like the wheel was all bent and shit. I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then, like, five years ago, I was just, we were just, the family, Natty was there. We were just chatting about da, 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 this and that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that time your body got destroyed. You're like, I could buy a car that's happened there. So I'm fine. I thought that was a good time to drop. The uh, don't worry about me, I'm okay bomb, given that it had been about six years since it happened. Um, and that's like I kept it a secret from her all that time. So, you know, when something like that happens, I don't know, my initial thing was like, I don't want her to worry about me. Like, I didn't really care about getting in trouble for the bike because it wasn't, I didn't do something negligent or something to cause the bike to get destroyed. But I didn't want her to worry about me because obviously fresh in my mind was the other time I got hit by a car and her reaction to that. So I was almost like trying to think, well, I want to protect her from that. <laughs> then I just dropped the bottom a few years ago. Like, oh yeah, that's what happened. Like, I hit my car again. Sorry about it. Anyway, I'm grand. Don't worry about me. Um, and yeah, when 
when I was in then secondary school, like I used to play football every day pretty much, but I used to have like bad knees. And I think looking back is probably, if not directly, then at least indirectly connected to the old, the old first car accident when I was 10. Because I remember I used to play football, soccer, football with, um, I used to have to wear like knee supports on my knees and I'd be like playing and then suddenly, I don't know what the, I can't really remember the sensation now because so long since I've like actively played football, but like one of my knees would like, I don't know, it wouldn't like lock up necessarily, but it would kind of go kind of dead, I suppose. I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't really be able to run on it anymore. And I got the feeling that like the guys I used to play football with at school were all great, like all really, really good friends of mine. Um, and Stephen Dunn, who he's listening, he was one of them. Um, but uh, I used to get the feeling that like they didn't fully believe me <laughs> with, the, with the knee gimmicks, that they thought it was just like a an affectation. They're like, oh, well, maybe, maybe when I'm a bit too tired, I'll just say, oh, lads, the knee's gone, can't play anymore, I just go lie down. But um, no, the knees were, were very bad, and actually the knees are worse now. Um, my right knee in particular would just make this horrible clicking noise. I won't do it for you on the podcast now, but like when I walk upstairs, for example, it's like every step. I do need to get those checked out. Um, but what a, that was a good little story time, wasn't it? What else do we have to talk about? Where are we now? 50 something minutes in. Um, yeah, that'll probably do you. That'll do you for now. We got a, we got a music off in. I haven't watched any movies. I haven't played any, or I haven't watched any TV. I have played video games. I'm still playing Pokemon Snap, the new one, right? 42 hours in, folks. I shit you not. Um, and I've made a decision on it. So what I'm going to do now, I'm very close to the end. Um, but what happened yesterday was, for the first time, I'd been playing it for about an hour and I did get that feeling of, I just, just want to play something else now. <laughs> don't really want to be playing this Pokemon photography sim anymore. Um, so what I've decided to do is what I'm going to do is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this, right? I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now what I'm going to do. I sound like The Rock um, stalling for time before he comes up with the, the wacky uh, catchphrase. But... I've essentially decided that I am going to continue like maxing out my like experience on every level, which is the equivalent of in Hitman, like every level has a mastery progress bar. And when you hit like level 20, that's the, you've maxed out that level. You can't, um, you can't unlock anything more for that level. It's basically your, your completionist, like ding, ding, you have, you have completed this level to the best of your abilities. While there are still other challenges and so on you can do, your your progress bar, your level bar will not go up anymore. So I've decided that like Pokemon Snap has a thing that's very similar to that. I'm gonna nevertheless do that for every level of the game. Um what I'm not gonna do is the individual challenges, which I always say are like the um the extra challenges at the back of the Where's Wally book or the Where's Waldo book. Um, just because there's so many of them. I've done like 150 out of 180. <laughs> like, they just keep giving you more and more and more. So what I'm going to do is 
I'm going to max out all the levels, as I said. I'm going to roll the credits, obviously, presuming there are credits. I'm going to do any, if if any, post-game content, and then that'll be it. Um, I won't delete the game. What I'll do is, if I'm ever on a random day having the itch to play it, and there's like a football game on I don't really care about, let's say Fulham against West Brom, I could plug myself down in front of it and just play a bit of Pokemon Snap, but it won't be like my primary game that I play anymore. So I've made this kind of, uh, this idea of what my completion, in, at least initially, is going to be. And then if I want to go back, I'm going to leave myself a bit of a bit of stuff to do that, like, I won't just be going back and replaying stuff that I've done before. It'll be, like, new stuff. But I'm also not holding myself to complete them as part of, like, beating the game, per se. So I should be done with it. I think I've got, like, two more levels out of, like, 24. So I'm really close to the end. <laughs> Um, and I really enjoy it. It's really good. There's lots and lots to do in it. Um, so as far as anyone who was a fan of the original N64 game, like totally getting bored of that Switch game. It's fucking much better. It's great. The only one thing I miss from it, like I said, that's in the N64 one is like there were the special parts of the level that from a certain angle would line up to look like a pincer or whatever. And you get a picture and you get like a special achievement for doing that. Like I'm, I think stuff like that is missing from it. Little, um, super liminal style visual tricks and like hidden, not hidden messages per se, but that kind of thing where like a hidden visual, um, you know, clues to, you know, certain Pokemon or whatever, but that, that stuff was cool. But the game itself was great. There's lots and lots to do in it. Lots of special um, animations and stuff to trigger to get your special photographs and, and all that. So that, that stuff is great. But I am feeling a little bit burnt out on it now. Like, I, pl- I play this game far longer than, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake took me to beat. <laughs> By, like, 10 hours, which is a bit crazy. Um... But I do want to start get, uh, Death Stranding. That'll be my next PlayStation game that I play. But I before I start Death Stranding, I want to beat Paper Mario Color Splash on the Wii U. So I'm going to do that first. That shouldn't take me too long. Uh, that's definitely a game I do not care about 100%ing. Oh, excuse me. I just got to roll credits on that one. Um, so that's your game guff for the week. There's no movies. There's no TV. Was a wrestling? What was Dynamite like this week? Was it any good? Oh, I don't really remember. Let me look it up quickly. Dynamite day. Um, what day was dynamite on? Do be on a Wednesday, doesn't it? Um, dynamite, dynamite, dynamite. Oh, NJF Sammy Guevara. That was pretty good. Eddie Kingston Penta vs Young Books was very good as well. Very much enjoyed that, especially when, um. Brandon Cutler was up on the apron doing the I'm going to sp- spray the the aerosol at the, the baby face and the baby face ducks and he stands there going oh 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 no oh, but still spraying into the heel's face oh, that stuff is gold I love that brilliant 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 um what else Christian Cage uh, 
talking to Jungle Boy and I, I made the quip while watching it. Oh, look, Christian Cage is hanging out with them because he's a fucking dinosaur. And then, I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm, 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 my uncle was a Klesovarkasaurus. What are you talking about? Uh, the Ethan Page stuff was good. Doing the coffin match, obviously. Not next week, but the week after. Um, ugh, the MJF Jericho stuff. Get away with all that. Omega with the... Oh my God, the Young Bucks and Omega's facial hair. Oh, tremendous. Tremendous, especially Nick Jackson, who's looking like a fucking... Was it Shivani who said he looks like a porn star? <laughs> oh man, tremendous. I am totally, totally in favour of the, the wacky facial hair. There's no harm in a heel looking like a crazy person. Go for it. Uh, Miro, Pryor and Pillman Jr. was pretty good. Britt Baker and Rebel, Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. What the fuck was this? So Nyla Rose, first thing I noticed, right, was that Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero were in the babyface corner because AEW does not only with the, the, um, the entrance ramps, but also when they're doing tag matches, they, they have a defined babyface side and a heel side. So Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero were in the babyface side. Um, despite the fact that Vicky Guerrero is a very annoying heel character. Um... So this was this was awful. Rebel apparently dislocated her kneecap, breaking up a pinfall. Um, yeah, the less said about that, the better. Hopefully, Rebel's all right. But that was fucking dreadful. What are they doing with Britt Baker? It's like when Brian Dyson or Daniel Bryan won the the belt, and they're like, "Your first feud is with fucking Kane." Like, oh my god. So Nyla Rose is the Kane in this situation, and then MGF Sammy Guevara was. Good fun, but of course it ended with about 19 run-ins. Uh, it was a bit of overkill. And then Jim Ross said, WWE Dynamite at the end. So there you go. That's your wrestle guff. Uh, so I guess that's an hour for you. We'll leave it there. Um, so we'll be back with a an podcast normal at the end of the week. And then that's it. <laughs> so if you have any uh, thoughts on anything please send us an email chairshotpodcast.com and use the form on the homepage that's how you can send us an email and we will 100% answer it because we get no emails um, so the one email we get we will talk about uh, or tweet us at chairshotpod I'm at Paul Griffin CSP Barry's at the Barry Lad Joe's at Griff Tannen. You can watch Barry's Twitches. I think he's a Barry lad on Twitch. You can watch him. Oh, he's doing fucking Super Mario Sunshine this week. He's going to be fucking terrible at it. Oh my God, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, But yeah, that's all the plug skis, I think. So with that, I will bid you a fond adieu and we will resolve the evening for its best tidings. Bang! Bang!